Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text today's message comes from the New Testament reading of Revelation, as you heard a few moments ago. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, today is All Saints Sunday. Now, there's not, very there's not very many Sundays where you know exactly what's going to happen in the service. I mean, outside of, you know, every normal Sunday, like, we're going to talk about Jesus. But, you know, on Christmas, we're going to talk about Jesus' birth. On Good Friday, we're going to talk about Jesus' death. On Easter Sunday, we're going to talk about Jesus' resurrection from the dead. On Reformation Sunday, well, you'll probably hear something about Martin Luther. And All Saints Sunday, we're going to have the Saints of Peace slideshow. And you know that's happening. We're probably going to talk about saints, those who have died in the faith. And we'll talk about heaven, both of those things maybe. And some of these things that we talk about might make you sad. Because... In the gospel reading, you heard, there are those that mourn. It's okay to be sad, because those that mourn will be comforted. And we also heard in the New Testament reading from Revelation, this image of heaven that we have. For the Lamb in the midst of the throne will be their shepherd, and he will guide them to springs of living water. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. You will be comforted when you mourn. God will wipe away every tear from your eyes. It's nice to hear these words when we think about our loved ones. I mean, but you all probably know that we don't just think about our loved ones one Sunday a year. For many of you, there's probably not a day goes by that you don't think about your loved one. And every loss for everyone is different. I can't imagine what it would be like to lose a spouse or lose a child. Those would probably be the toughest two to go through. And the reality is, is that every person is someone's child. Sure, many children outlive their parents, but not all do. As I was reading through this passage from Revelation, there was a song that popped into my head. It's a song from 1991. It's called Tears in Heaven by Eric Clapton. Maybe, maybe his most famous song. The song was written after the accidental and tragic death of his four-year-old son, Connor, who fell out of an open bedroom window on the 53rd floor of a New York apartment building. The opening line is probably the most famous of all, as it's written directly for his son. Would you know my name if I saw you in heaven? Would it be the same if I saw you in heaven? When we think about death, about those who have died in the faith, about heaven. I mean, sometimes there are questions like this that pop up. What will heaven be like? Will I recognize my loved ones? Will they recognize me? What's it going to be like? Will my kids 
Will they call me dad? What am I going to look like when I'm there? I mean, what if I was all skin and bones when I passed away? What if I was four years old? Am I going to be four years old in heaven? What if my loved ones aren't there? Will I know it? I mean, there's so many questions that we can ask about heaven. And I didn't even bring up the one of whether or not your cat's going to be there. I guess I just did. There's so few things that God's word tells us about heaven. That's why we have all these questions. I mean, there are a few things that God tells us. And one of them has to do with relationships. When Jesus was questioned by the Sadducees, who don't actually believe in the resurrection, that's why they're sad, you see. And they ask Jesus this question about a woman who has seven husbands from seven brothers, because after each brother died, the other married the widow. And so in the resurrection, they ask, whose wife will she be? Well, Jesus answers, in the resurrection, they will neither marry nor are given in marriage. So in heaven, your spouse will not be your spouse. But we don't know how you'll know them. And of all the people in heaven, your spouse isn't the most important. Revelation tells us what's most important. For the lamb in the midst of the throne will be their shepherd, and he will guide them to springs of living water, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. The most important person in heaven is Jesus. That's because he is the one who made heaven possible. He is the one who earned it for us. When I listen to the song Tears in Heaven, it's not a deeply theological song, but there are two truths that I find in it. The first comes from the line, because I know I don't belong here in heaven. The truth is, None of us belong in heaven. We don't deserve to go there. And that's because we're all sinners. We have been born into sin because of the sin of our original parents, Adam and Eve, in the garden when they ate that forbidden fruit. That original sin has been passed down through all generations from our parents to us. And we're all born sinful from the time we were conceived in our mother's womb. And as a result of this, we all do actual sins. We disobey God's commands. We do things that he tells us not to do, and we don't do things he tells us to do. We lie and cheat and steal and hate and lust and place all kinds of things as more important than God. Things like work, family, friends, money, stuff, sports. Not that these things are bad, but they should never be the number one thing in our life. God should be number one. But unfortunately, every time we sin, we've decided to put ourselves in the place of God and think that we know what is best for our life, even if God said it's wrong. And then we pretend to be God. We make other things our highest priorities. That's what sinners do. And just like Adam and Eve received a punishment, we all have consequences for our sins. The first is death, physical death. Sin brought death into the world, and so we all die. 
Our bodies decay to skin and bones. They suffer from all kinds of diseases, cancers, heart failure, all types of sicknesses. And this is nothing new as we celebrate All Saints Day. Because our loved ones have already experienced the consequences of sin as we see their pictures scroll along the screen. Because they've died. The seat in the pew that used to be filled by them is empty. Whether or not someone else comes along to fill it. And we all will one day face death as well. And the other punishment that we deserve is eternal death. It's hell. It's condemnation. It's to forever be separated from God and his love for us. And that's what we all deserve. But that's not what God wants for us. He wants all people to be saved. He wants all people to have eternal life, not eternal death. And that's why the lamb in the midst of the throne, God himself left his throne in heaven and came to earth. The good shepherd came to earth because he knew that it was the only way to save his people from their sins. And that's why he's called Jesus because his name means save his people from their sins. And the good shepherd laid down his life for his sheep because he loves them. And he wants them to have eternal life. And the only way for that to happen was for Jesus, as true God and true man, to die for the sins of all people. As our perfect sacrifice, he took our death, our punishment, our suffering, our hell, in order to give us heaven. And his resurrection proves that he did defeat sin, death, and the devil once and for all. And his resurrection shows us that because Christ rose from the dead, we too shall rise again on the last day. And when we are raised, we will be clothed with the glory of God. And he's given us his Holy Spirit to believe in him so that we can have eternal life. We are sinners, but Christ has made us saints. And a saint is anyone who believes in Jesus So while we celebrate those saints who have gone before us in faith, we know that we are also saints by faith. The pews are always filled with saints. And the words of Revelation show us just who we are. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. We are made holy, righteous by Jesus. His blood cleanses us. It purifies us. And Jesus, in his resurrected state, looked like Jesus. And he still had the scars in his hands and his feet and his side. Now, we don't know what we'll all look like when we get to heaven, but, well, we'll know Jesus. We'll see Jesus as he is. Perfect, glorified, scars and all. And the scars remind us of what he's done for us. The reason why we're in heaven. The reason why we're saints. The second truth from tears in heaven comes from the line, and I know there'll be no more tears in heaven. This is absolutely true because Well, you've already heard the words in Revelation. 
For the lamb in the midst of the throne will be their shepherd, and he will guide them to springs of living water, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Now, what does that mean? Well, John writes later in Revelation, giving us a few more details. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. Now, it doesn't say we won't recognize anyone. It doesn't say that we won't realize or know those who are missing. But one can reason that we won't. We won't think about those who are not in heaven. Well, because it would likely bring up all of those feelings and emotions that have been done away with. And so today, even though we still might have emotions, still might have tears on earth, we think about no more tears in heaven during worship because the scriptures say it. Because the songs we sing say it. Because heaven is a wonderful place filled with glory and grace and a place where there is no more pain, no more suffering, no more crying, no more mourning, no more sin, no more death. Because all of these things have passed away. They have been conquered, defeated by Christ's death on the cross and his resurrection from the dead. And we also focus and sing about Christ who has overcome death and the grave for us, who gives us the victory and who will raise us from the dead. We live because he lives. Jesus abides in us and we abide in him by faith. And he is always with us. And he will never leave us or forsake us because of his great love for us. And today, this All Saints Sunday, we focus also on the communion of saints that we have as believers on earth and believers in heaven. As saints on earth and as saints in heaven. And the communion of saints reminds me of the Lord's Supper. And you'll hear in the communion liturgy these words. Therefore, with angels and archangels and all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify your glorious name evermore, praising you and saying. When you come to the Lord's table, you can imagine that this circle or square or rectangle is completed, because you only see half here. It's completed by all of the company of heaven on the other side. Because they are already sharing in the marriage feast of the Lamb that has no end. And they, along with the angels, are celebrating with us at the altar as we feast on the body and blood of our Lord and Savior for the forgiveness of our sins, for the strengthening of our faith, and for our salvation. And we join in the celebration with all of the saints who have gone before us. All of those brothers and sisters, husbands and wives, fathers, mothers, children, pastors. All those who have gone before us in the faith. Who have been told by Christ. You do belong here in heaven. Because I've prepared this place for you. You are a saint. Come 
and live forever. Amen. And now the peace of God which passes all understanding. Guard your hearts and minds in Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. Amen.